Welcome back to Decar Pod. I'm Jana, and this week we are joined by a guest that I've been wanting to have on the podcast for a while now. And we both have just been missing each other, traveling, doing cool things. And I'm just so excited that she's on this week to recap this week of The Bachelor and talk some gossip, get into it. She is a blogger, a writer, a podcaster as well. Please welcome to the podcast, Sophie Ross. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes. Oh my God. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I'm so excited. We're finally doing this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, okay. So let's let, we'll get into all of the fun stuff later, but I DM'd you after I saw a little blog go around where you went in on Nicholas Vial and I read it and I was like, I think Sophie and I are like soul sisters, you know, twin flames. <laughs> I Everyone, like, is so confused by how passionate my hatred of him is. Like, he's generally not well-liked, but, like, (laughs) he is my mortal enemy. Am I allowed to curse? Yes, please. I fucking despise that man. (laughs) Despise him. So, yeah. I'm I'm here for shit-talking Nick Mm -hmm. Vile. And we will do it. Yes, yes. So I, I DM'd you and I was like, uh, we need to be best friends. So we've been messaging here and there. And then I was like, looking at it, like you talk about on your podcast, you talk about pop culture, different things you have opinions and thoughts on. Like, yeah, give our listeners who don't know you a little bit of like a rundown of what you do, who you are. Yeah, I guess I I kind of got my following from Twitter. Mm. I explain it like I have just a ton of opinions on mm-hmm. pop culture. I've been obsessed with pop culture. I was that person reading Perez Hilton as much as it pains me to admit that. I've always just been obsessed with pop culture and celebrity gossip and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Have a lot of opinions. I'm also, I have a journalism background. I have written for several publications and magazines. Now I have my own Substack, sophierossetsubstack.com where I write just whatever's on my mind about pop culture. And yeah, I don't really like know like pop culture commentator. I don't know. I just have like a ton of opinions and I have, and I'm very, very, very like intense with my opinions, which I know I am. I am an adult. Um, I got diagnosed with ADHD as an adult and it just made so much sense the way I become like obsessed with things that are like, it's not that serious. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a journey a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's a little about me, I guess. So now I have um, my own podcast called So True with Sophie Ross. And I am on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, who Mm. is just an amazing, hilarious person. If you're not following him and you're into, you know, pop culture and stuff like that please follow him. Yeah. Anyway, I'm on his podcast every other Monday. Oh, great. I saw that there was a teaser for that, but I didn't realize you're on as like a semi-regular guest. That's going to be great. It's so much fun. We just like, we, we've we clicked. He actually, yeah, he reached out to me like years ago now. Mm-hmm. It must've been like two years ago. And I was just a guest. And then we had such good chemistry that I started going on weekly. And now we're like bi-weekly because I started a new job and I've been really, really, really busy. And as you know, podcasting is very hard work. It is truly a labor of love. I absolutely love doing it. This podcast uh, has been around now for about five years. It's grown, it's fluctuated, it's gone all sorts of journeys and it is a lot of work, but it's like something I really love doing. I used to do stand-up comedy and I I find that this is a little bit more like my speed and I like just, yeah, having a space to like build community and have opinions and it's great. Yeah. So I'm glad that you guys are doing that. That's so awesome. Um, So obviously you're a Batch Nation member. 
when did you when did you jump in on the on the journey? When you said that, when you were briefing me on like what we talk about, I was like racking my brain of when I started watching. Mm-hmm. And I definitely wasn't like regularly watching during like the Trista and Ryan mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that OG. I yeah. didn't even watch Emily Maynard season. Mm-hmm. I want to say that the first season that I started like really, really, really tuning in was probably JoJo's. Yes. And yeah, so I was super into JoJo's season. That was like kind of like the peak. Yeah. Of, yeah. In a lot of ways. Right. Ever since then, it depends who the lead is. I will like pick and choose which seasons I watch depending on the lead, but I always watch Bachelor in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Like, always. Bachelor in Paradise is a non negotiable for me. The Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons, it just really depends on the lead. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I don't know exactly how I feel about Zach yet. Yeah. I mean, but we can, we can discuss. Yeah. We'll discuss it a little later. Well, that's great. I, yeah. Jojo season is a definitely a juicy season to get like hooked on it. I think that was a pretty compelling season. And then when they didn't cast uh, Luke, uh, Luke. Yeah. As the next lead. <laughs> and they gave it to Nick. And I will say, at the time, I was, like, into that choice. I have not always been a Nick hater. Same. (laughs) I was into that choice. I was actually excited for his season um, because he got announced after he was on Bachelor in Paradise, right? Yeah. So he had one of the rare, like, Bachelor in Paradise, like, redemption tours. Mm -hmm. Viewers really liked him after that. And... It was basically just a layup for him. Yeah, absolutely. Like when, he, you- when, when he told Jen Salviano that he was not interested in proposing at the end, you just knew what was <laughs> happening next. And it made sense. I feel like everyone was like, yeah, this makes sense. This yeah. is the only guy in history who's been a runner-up twice. So, yeah, I was excited for it. And then, you know, it's all Everything. been downhill yeah. from there. Oh, we keep teasing it, but trust me, guys, we're going to get into it. Give me, give us a second. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So before we get into more Bachelor Nation stuff, uh, as is new on the podcast, we're going to talk about pop culture for a smidge. The listeners and followers of Daycare Pod know that I've been dying to talk about Lavender Haze, the music video that came out this week from Taylor Swift. Uh, What are your thoughts and feelings on it? Did you like it? Are you a Swifty? I love Taylor Swift's music. I am not a Swifty and I still haven't even like gotten around I haven't even watched the Bejeweled music video yet I am like clearly not like a true Swifty Taylor Swift fan I love her music like she was literally my number one artist on Spotify and my Spotify rap but I just like I don't care about music videos is that like bad no no no, it's great I love it I kind of love hearing that because I'm only new to it I've only been a Swifty for like a year and oh wow yeah I know really late stage like wait what like you all too well oh oh my god yeah that that totally makes sense I feel like 1989 back in 2014 Mm -hmm. and my roommate at the time was like a diehard like early Swifty before it was cool to be a Swifty right and I remember she turned me on in 1989 I was like this is amazing no yeah yeah and then I was like a steady you know listener for music but folklore and evermore is when I was like Mm -hmm. okay I'm I'm hooked I'm hooked on Tay. Yeah, 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 seriously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I fell in deep with All Too Well 10 Minute, and then I 
have explored everything in the year, you know, since I've been, and it's like, it's been just such a fun journey. And like, obviously my journey is mostly guided by the fact that I believe Taylor Swift is some sort of not straight. And (laughs) that's what (laughs) really captured me because as a non-straight, I really relate to a lot of the themes I'm hearing in these songs, but I'm seeing it from this lens, whether it's true or not. Right. Um, and it's been very fascinating. And Midnight's is like a pretty bisexual album by most people's account. There's lots of like different themes that really can relate to like having a bisexual like journey. And I think it's really great. And Lavender Haze has been very controversial because, you know, she kind of alluded to it's about her public partner, Joe. But then she's using the word lavender, which is a very queer coded color. It is a queer color and there's a lot of history regarding that so it's been like kind of controversial and then we didn't know when the music video was going to come and it finally came this week and as far as I'm concerned it definitely seems very like speaking to a potential bearding narrative because the first couple scenes of the music video she's with her male lover but she's very sad with him and like like depressed and he's like ignoring her because he's asleep in bed and he's at work which is fine people are allowed to sleep and they're allowed to work right but she's painting a picture of course in this music video and then then other scene we finally get of her with the man looking happy she's in a crowded room with everyone has cameras and video they're like taking photos all public she's looking at all the different people she's like making sure that that she's look that they're looking at her making out with this guy actually but she never kisses him either and it just, and then at the end, she's alone again and like pushes down the walls of her house and goes to sleep in this cloud, mystical rainbow universe that is like part of a secondary theme in the song or the music video. And to me, it just kind of seems like she's talking about bearding. That is a really interesting perspective. <laughs> By the way, can we tell your listeners about how prior to this recording, you asked me, <laughs> Just really quick, are you offended by Gaylor talk? And I was like, what? I was so taken aback. I was like, no, I don't think I feel any particular way. I wasn't sure what to expect, but mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. You really, I I had no, you know, inkling. I probably would be, you know, more inclined to believe that based on her, you know, very public relationships with men, I would be inclined to believe that she is 100% straight, but you may have just turned me into a a Gaylor believer. In one description of a video. Now listen, (laughs) seriously, Sophie, go home. Well, you're already home, but get off this call later tonight and watch that music video and tell me you're not seeing what I'm seeing. I need to. I need to. I also like, I feel like when you were describing the fact that Midnight's is like a very like sexually fluid album like that went over my head I listened to that album like a million times by now it's gone over my head I think it's because that I I am so like strictly dickly Mm. that maybe one of those I'm sorry (laughs) I know it sucks it sucks (laughs) but like I feel like those you you were saying you know being queer yourself that you like picked up on those yeah 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 yeah. I feel like for me I was just like cool Like, what were some of her other songs that people, um... Here, so yeah, so Maroon, uh, the lips I used to call home, so scarlet they were maroon. But men can't have maroon lips? I mean, the men can wear lipstick, absolutely, but are any of the men you've seen her dating 
wearing lipstick. But, but does it say does it say lipstick or is it just like the color of their lips Maroon. naturally? Oh, who has maroon lips? I don't know. I, I feel I, like it's possible. I wouldn't rule it out. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see here. There is in the Great War, she talks about is it ego or is it her? And like I feel like the song is about the muse, it's her. There's in Paris, she talks about having this love that's like really hidden. And she has to go to a culture where somewhere where a culture is more clever and she's gonna express her love and swooping cursive letters, which is love. Okay, a lot of it's a lot of it references old Gaylor lore. Okay. In Hits Different, which is a, a bonus one. She literally calls her muse an argumentative antithetical dream girl okay so okay you're saying like there are so many instances where she talks about you know women or uses female pronouns as like the protagonist of a song yeah yeah i always imagine that it's her speaking about herself in third person so i think that always i know and i'm probably i'm definitely wrong i feel like you've paid way more attention to the lyrics than me so um yeah no I believe I'm gonna send you a couple slideshows later (laughs) no will you make a deck will you make a deck like that um remember that deck that someone made about Jack Antonoff and Lord yes and it like went around the internet there's an entire powerpoint that's called the powerpoint's called reputation is about Carly Kloss it's so fucking good okay do I I don't know though with like the hardcore like Swifty culture are they very anti-Gaylor that's why I had to ask you that's why I had to okay, ask I you I don't know like, I don't know if they're anti-Gaylor or if they're like on board with Gaylor or like no. shipping I I don't know they're pretty anti but a lot of people I will say a lot of people have started seeing the Gaylor after minutes come out there was like a lot of people who were like hey I think I've, I think I've been turned. Like I, I'm a believer now. So I'm not just like pulling shit out of my ass, but it's obviously up to interpretation. And I, that's the beauty of it, you know? Yeah. So I love that anyway. So thank you so much for indulging in that. Um, Next (laughs) queer topic I want to talk about is Sam Smith. Sam Smith came out with a new album called Gloria. Uh, I don't necessarily listen to their music all the time, uh, but it sounds like it's doing really well and it's a great album. But they are receiving a lot of hate online right now because they are outwardly living their life as a non-binary queer uh, fat person and Mm -hmm. they are receiving a lot of hate and it's really upsetting. I mean, it's just like, frankly, it's really showing how everyone is just in this current like, um, like society right now, a lot of like trans and homophobic bills are being put into place schools are being affected in florida teachers are getting fired for just living their life and there's obviously rampant fat phobia in every corner of our like society and it's really like hard to watch this like unfold seeing how loud people are being yeah first of all like it's really fucked up the way that people and i've seen a lot of tweets making this point as well this isn't like an original like sophie ross take um people are being horrible to sam smith i think in part because of fat phobia yeah um if sam smith were a you know fit super cut person they could wear whatever they wanted to Mm -hmm. but it's the fact that this is a you know fat person that happens to be wearing, you know, 
a corset with nipples out and nipple tassels and all of that. Um, I think so much of it is rooted in fat phobia. And I think it really is. It's such an interesting time being on the internet with Gen Z. Mm. Because I feel like, and and I, it's probably not just Gen Z. It's definitely not. But yeah. When it comes to, you know, really emphasizing mental health Mm -hmm. and all of that while also like bullying people on the internet. And again, I'm, I'm wrong for saying, please, if you're Gen Z, don't be mad at me for saying that. I think it's just, it's so interesting that we talk about how important mental health is and, um, you know, preventing suicide. And in the same breath, all our society does is freaking bully people online. And look, I know I sound like a hypocrite because I was just bullying Nick Vile earlier (laughs) in this episode. Sometimes it's deserved. With Sam Smith, I'm like, what has this person ever done to you other than be a proud, outwardly queer, non-binary fat person? And that is such an issue with people Mm -hmm. on the internet, even people on the internet who claim to be progressive. And Sam Smith, I I mean, is just so freaking talented. Yes. If you, I'm not like the biggest Sam Smith fan either. But on the Kelly Clarkson show, that duet with doing Breakaway with Kelly, I sobbed watching it. Like the talent is just immeasurable. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's really messed up and confusing. Mm -hmm. It's confusing, but not confusing. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's exactly how we expected it to be. But it is also, I mean, sometimes I'm like, Really? Are we like, oh, I really thought we were. It's 2023 and, you know, we're still being outwardly homophobic. homophobic and and yeah, it's really. Right. You expect that from, from a certain segment of people on the internet, but when it's so-called progressives mm-hmm. on Twitter, yeah, it's very confusing. Oh, I just think that it's not styled correctly. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And there are people being like, well, I'm gay and fat and I think that Sam Smith looks like an idiot and it's like okay you do you hate yourself maybe you hate yourself yeah maybe like I think the call is coming from inside please right a lot of it is probably production and I feel okay and I don't want to get too controversial I've always felt that way despite there are very problematic things that she has said but Lena Dunham Mm -hmm. I feel like so much of the hatred and misogyny that Lena Dunham has experienced of course other than when she defended a rapist and has said and done really terrible things before any of that happened exactly exactly he has always gotten more hatred than anyone else I've ever seen whether you think it's warranted or not before you even had a reason to hate her people were hating her for being a proud open fat woman who you know maybe doesn't fit into conventional beauty standards and I feel like so much hatred of her is projection yeah and obviously misogyny but yeah yeah. Mm, well yeah exactly well said before we even had a reason to hate her <laughs> so oh we had a reason to hate her I understand if you hate her now I it's so heartbreaking for me because I was like an OG like girls fan girls has and always will be one of my favorite shows ever and it's, I love it her stands book. to reason to be still considered a really cultural moment you know it really right. like it did something you know in its time and I don't think we right. should throw that away 
Totally. I just wish that I could see, I loved her book. I've loved her. I bought a signed copy of her like diary that she Mm -hmm. had printed. Like I've always been a Lena Dunham fan. I've had to separate myself from her in recent Mm -hmm. years, but I still want that work that she puts out. That one show was really terrible though. Camping. Oh, I didn't watch. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was terrible. So I guess, (laughs) yeah, we don't need more Lena Dunham project. Girls is enough. So Bachelor Nation was pretty slow this week, but there is a running uh, celebrity blind item from Demois that is stating that there is a potential Bachelor Nation divorce impending, that they are waiting until other divorces go out of the news cycle so they can release theirs. And gosh, is everyone making a lot of damn guesses, including myself? Who do you think? Um, I really haven't thought too deeply about it yet. I will, I guess my guess is if I had to guess, would be Ashley, I, and Jared, mm-hmm. or, um, and they are people that I think would care about the news cycle. Yes, exactly. Right. And I think that's key to the t- conversation. Yeah. Right. And then my other guess, I think, would mm, actually, no, I take it back because I don't think Rachel, Lindsay, and yeah. Brian would care about the news cycle. So mm-hmm. not that. I'm going to go with um, Jared and Ashley, I. Yeah. Yeah. That is. I have a top five, um, and Ashley and Jared is in that list. <laughs> um, also in the list are Jade and Tanner. I could see that. I could see that. Mm-hmm. But they have I know. So I know. Family. So many. I know. Exactly. All of them have family at this point. Well, JoJo and Jordan are also on the list, technically, uh, even though they just got married. But I just, for yeah. some reason, see Jordan as like a, as like somebody who, who would maybe step out on the marriage, you know? Um, uh-huh. And then the... It's it gets confusing because then you're like, do you consider somebody who's bachelor nation who's married to somebody who's not bachelor nation? If that works, then I think Lauren B from Ben Season and her husband, who's a country music star, could potentially be on that list. And then Ooh, that's um, a good one. Yeah, there's that. They did just well, have a baby recently. My mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's that. And then God, who else would I was? I was just thinking. Yeah, I think those are like the top ones. Oh, and then we kind of think it might be Derek from jojo season uh he was engaged to um taylor nolan and then he got married to a a model saffron and they got engaged uh but they seem to be have broken up there's like no pictures of them anymore yeah Mm -hmm. and he deleted his um instagram but that makes me wonder like well then why are they waiting for the press cycle if he deleted his instagram unless it's going to be really juicy and he'll come back and they'll be like some you know messy yeah yeah interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious yeah me too very very curious I mean I think it really could be every single one of these people has like pretty much been celebrating uh, anniversaries though so it's just really hard to say (laughs) wait say that again I said everyone's been celebrating anniversaries recently too so it's just really hard to say but I I think you you can never really know because like with the wife guy drama that happened with that youtube guy like that uh came out of nowhere yeah you never really know you yeah. never know yeah you never so, know we'll see we'll see um all right we've teased it long enough let's talk about nick for a little bit okay so <laughs> in order yeah. to not be total cunts where we are uh bullying him we're gonna try to talk about just like the general things that we do find to be really grating about his platform um and why he kind of puts us on edge i mean a lot of the things that my listeners have heard me talk about are 
his general like ways that he platforms kind of problematic men, but will often lead to bullying women in the franchise, Tasha, mm -hmm. Katie, Hannah Brown, um, lots of other ones. Uh, and then he'll kind of platform the shittier men of the franchise. He was like I pretty yeah exactly and then he gives such like contrarian and infuriating advice on his podcast mm -hmm. when it doesn't seem like it's really warranted i feel like he's used rachel Lindsay as a prop many times um mm -hmm. to appear woke when he's not done anything to really help bachelor nation or our communities and his ego is just uh so sensitive <laughs> and then also i have a huge i have a bone to pick with his very large age gap with his fiance yes Matt, i thought you're gonna say, say you have a bone to pick with his tattoo artist <laughs> but yeah no you nailed it you nailed it his advice is just so in the category of like misogyny you are talking down to women. Um, I'll never forget that like video series. I think it was several TikToks where he was like, uh, this edition of, is this your boyfriend or not? Uh, you leave your toothbrush, you share a toothbrush. Uh, uh, no, it's just, he's lazy. Uh, guess what? He's not your boyfriend. Like basically saying all these things, he was like, if she, if you go on vacation, he asks you to go on vacation. Oh, because having sex with someone on a trip is way more fun than not having sex with someone. Guess what? He's still not your boyfriend. It's like, why are that? That literally is like the theme of these TikToks that he would make where he's basically saying, oh, is a man gaslighting you into thinking that he actually cares about you? Well, you're a dumb fucking idiot woman for thinking that mm -hmm. instead of trying to say, hey, this is toxic behavior and men shouldn't act like that. Um, he's just a raging misogynist with bad, terrible advice. Um, he definitely has some sort of God complex. Mm -hmm. He 1000%. I know that Chris Harrison in his, whatever his new podcast is called, mm -hmm. basically said that Nick Vile smelled blood in the water when he was fired and was really gunning for that hosting gig, which I think anyone could tell you he obviously was. <laughs> and he, I didn't, I don't listen to his podcast, but I see like clips that circulate. He was like, Chris Harrison said that about me? <laughs> what is he even talking about? It's like, Nick, come on. Like, like on the next week he's like no i don't know why nick's denying it because like we talked on the phone we facetime all the time we're besties it's like yikes i wouldn't want to be besties with chris harrison uh yeah like i feel like so many times his he goes against the women in situation. like something that popped in my head was when that whole um maroon five cheating scandal went on he like was like against the woman in the situation who was a young woman who got taken advantage of by whatever that guy is in Maroon 5, the, uh, what's his name? The lead singer. Adam uh, Levine. Adam Levine was mm -hmm. using his, uh, you know, power imbalance and, uh -huh. you know, all this stuff. But she was the one that was like causing the drama and ruining a marriage. He's had takes like that all the time. I do think, I think I really resonate oh with point where he says it. like, he always is like is talking to the women about like, you just need to like leave them. You need to figure it out. You are the, 
you're like dumb for not realizing that this man is treating you bad. Yes. You're insecure and your insecurity is making you look like a fool. And it's like, wait, yes. what about the men? Yes, exactly. So much of his advice is basically just being like, women are dumb. You are so fucking dumb. And unfortunately, there are women out there that I think are just looking for any answers when it comes to dating that they're like, Nick Vile, he knows what he's talking about. And it's so sad to me. Because it's so sad. I will say he does read men well. Like, that's the problem, right? Is he will often in his call be like, oh, this guy's, he's playing you or this guy's doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, yeah, actually, I think you might be right. Like you've, you have hit it, the, the, you know, the problem, but then it always boils down to like, why didn't you fucking see that? And why are you still with him? <laughs> And I think, yeah, I was at that age, I think, where I would, uh, you know, be like, oh, my God, this man is talking to me so straightly. He's like telling me all of this like inside knowledge from a man and I'm going to listen and I'm a fool. And and listen, if it does lead you to leaving these shitty men, then I'm happy for that because you shouldn't be with them. Um, but I do think there's a lot of times where it ends up being like toxic you know, and like you, I read in your article, you were talking about like that whole concept of like, if he wanted to, he would. And Nick's a big proponent of that, that like narrative. And you had some that. thoughts on that. I hate that. I really do. And I've always hated that advice. Um, If you know, the dating podcast, we met at Acme. I've actually been on that podcast. And I kind of Lindsay, who's the host of that podcast has a lot of like very stringent dating rules. Mm. And I was like, if he wanted to, he would. Why do we act like men? Like it's it's always the woman who has to like solve puzzles mm. to like figure out like men have anxiety also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Men, there there's like think about how many times you have wanted to do something, but you don't end up doing it, and vice versa. Men are the exact same way. They have emotions and anxieties mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and insecurities just like women and the way that so much so much dating advice these days including nick biles i don't know why i just said it like that i was like nick biles <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> yeah the man that we're talking about including nick's is like i don't it's just so toxic you're acting like men just like don't actually have like real feelings or complexities to them that they're just simple creatures and women are just like you know can't figure out the puzzle mm -hmm. I don't know I'm not like articulating that well but I just like mm -hmm. I hate that advice I think that you need to realize that men have insecurities too mm -hmm. yes. and sometimes they want you to make the first move and that's mm -hmm. something like for me to say that is so controversial to like so many of these like dating gurus <laughs> like women are never supposed to make the first move and also with Nick and his child bride so Nick's the 20 year age difference how is a 40 something year old man who's dating a 21 year old or 22 year old 23 however I know it's not yeah. older than 23 yeah. she's 24 now officially but they started dating when she was 21 okay she's 24 now okay so like his 24 year old fiance why are we listening to this 40 something year old man who's started dating a 21 year old when he was in his 40s yes. like that is so weird to me. Like, why are we listening to him? He clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. And their and their whole like dating story is so unhinged. Uh -huh. 
full of like contradictions and like lies and or if it's all true then yes. holy fuck like all like game playing with game, each other and it's like, yeah. you shouldn't have to like manipulate a person into dating you is like my whole thing like if you're just yourself and you know you are just a genuine authentic person you don't need to like manipulate or play games you can just like be yourself and the person that you are supposed to be with will love you for you yeah I know that like sounds crazy it sounds really crazy and unhinged I know but like that's always been my thing and that's you know that's how I was with my boyfriend yeah I never like felt the need to like you know play mind games Mm -hmm. I was just like okay this is me take it or leave it yeah and he he likes me for me (laughs) oh I love that yeah no it's really they both played so many games with each other and I don't really believe that she didn't know who he was when she slid into his dms and I do think it's still inappropriate regardless that at the age gap he was like yes let me meet this young woman in New York for a weekend and the yeah, the age gap is so silly, and like the fact that he is like you know four times unsuccessful in love that we saw. Like obviously, you can be an un- unsuccessful person in dating for many years, and obviously find love. But yeah, like it's kind of weird to be like, why are we listening to this advice when it's not like a flex to have right. uh started dating a woman who hasn't had like her frontal lobe finished forming. Her you know, lobe still isn't finished developing. Yeah. The fact that- before like it is still not developed like but she's an old soul and all these and listen we are not taking away natalie's autonomy because like i think natalie's a well actually i don't really think she's a super fine individual anymore because i have not enjoyed her choices online (laughs) including mouthing the n-word and supporting victoria f in ways whatever i'm being a a messy bitch but i i support natalie's autonomy and i think that she's allowed to make her choices um but yeah, like it, you just have to, you just have to look at it and be like, when there is massive platform, sorry, uh, age gap, when, where in which one person has a larger platform, has more experience, has more capital and uh, power in the situation, mm-hmm. it's just not a great place to start. And sure, love can come from that. I'm not doubting any of that, but I just hope that it, I hope he they stay in the relationship and it's healthy and good or if they break up he leaves her in better condition than he found her which is the campsite mm-hmm. rule and people have to abide by that I think really in all relationships but especially in large age gap differences oh yeah no for sure and oh my god what was I about to say I just lost my train of thought I was about to say something related to that yeah oh oh what I was gonna say is that with so many of these like large age gap relationships, especially when it pertains to like celebrities or public figures, because we see that a lot in Hollywood. Right. Right. And there are so many people that are always like, it's legal. And like you said, like she has autonomy. She has her own free will and agency. It might be legal, but like, we're still allowed to think it's weird. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still allowed to call it weird. Like, it, sure, you're not breaking the law. I can still think you're a fucking weirdo. Like, and that's, you know, what it comes down to. I'm like, what do you even have in common? Like, 
what is wrong with women your own age that you think that the only person for you is someone who couldn't legally drink two months before you started dating? Like, I don't know. I just think it's weird. And again, it's like, it's perfectly legal. It's just, you know, yeah. like I think. Yeah. What do you guys have to talk about? What do you guys what do you like I genuinely want to know because when I think of I'm 30 now and when I think of myself at oh my god 21 and even you know Mm -hmm. 24 Mm -hmm. like I was like an immature like child it feels Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and I think anyone who's in their 30s now can say that when it comes to like being in your early 20s that's a big transition even to your 30s let alone to your freaking 40s right wasn't that that Demi Lovato song that came out 29 did you hear that it was about her relationship with um Wilver Wilmer Valderrama who was much older and yes. I don't I don't have the exact lyrics in front of me but she basically like she's talking about the age gap difference and then in the song she references that now she's 29 the age that he was when she was 17 and she's mm. like in the lyrics she says something along the lines of like I would never think of doing that like and she's meaning like I, I look at it at a 17 year old now that I'm 29 the age you were why like I would there's nothing I have interest in a 17 year old that's yeah and in some states that's perfectly legal 17 is the age of consent in like plenty of states right and that's yeah there you have no business I think with with a 17 year old the oldest that it isn't weird is probably like maybe 21 yeah but even then I'm still like that's weird like if you want to go to a bar your girlfriend can't go to a bar for four more years Mm -hmm. like that's weird that's weird what are you doing oh goodness well thank you for having that rant session with me on that I'm sure um there's a lot more I can say about Nick Vile for sure that's just like my instincts really like jumped out I just got like I get really like feral when someone brings up Nick Vile my fight or flight <laughs> really it sounds like you and I are gonna be good friends it's just like every little thing really those every little thing and those 50 tattoos he got in one weekend yeah like what the fuck it wasn't just like you know how normal I've never gotten a tattoo and I'm actually Jewish and they tell you growing up that it's like you you'll it's against your religion basically uh, yeah okay that's urban legend yeah so to this day, i've been scared of getting tattoos but like the people i do know who get tattoos you kind of start out with like you know a meaningful one you keep yeah. getting ones that are kind of meaningful and now you get you random ones <laughs> yeah and sure that's fine too getting like random ones but not all at once like showing up to the tattoo parlor to get like 70 tattoos at once like he just decided one day that he wanted to be like one of those like no it's because it's because natalie told him that she had a crush on uh that actor who played in crash or baby driver or one of those ones it was like no um not ryan reynolds uh one of the other actors I'm totally mixed, but she had a crush on some bad boy act, some bad boy character. Why? Yeah. And she said like her celebrity crush or actor crush was this. And he suddenly got tattoos literally like within like shortly after she said that online somewhere. And I'm like, oh, "Oh, that's a bone of contention. (laughs) 
And that is someone that people are taking dating advice from. Oh, so thank you very much for that. Let's talk about this week's episode of The Bachelor real quick. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about our exact feelings real quick. I'll do a quick rundown of the episode and we'll get into our roses and thorns. Zach, I mean, what can you say about him in the sense that we don't know shit about him? Yeah. And I also, full disclosure, I did not watch Gabby and Rachel season. I tried and I like just couldn't get into it with like the format. Yeah. Um, So Zach, I don't know anything about him. I kind of like got brushed up on like what his deal was that he Mm -hmm. was with Rachel, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they had like a fantasy suite, but then like didn't hook up and mm-hmm. they talked the whole time and like broke up during the fantasy suite kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really went in blind and he's like fine, seems nice enough. I think my problem with The Bachelor, and I can't speak to The Bachelorette because I am someone who is attracted to men. Mm-hmm. The past several bachelors are like guys that I wouldn't even sleep with. Mm-hmm. Like these are like hot ass, stunning women. Mm-hmm. They're not genuinely fighting. And I know that like the I've read um, Amy Kaufman's book. Um, I I'm really Is it just called Bachelor that. Nation, I believe, or Bachelor Nation yeah. by Amy Kaufman. So, like, I know that they set up the environment to make you fall in love with whoever the lead is. But it's, like, sure, they could manipulate me maybe in, like, a really, like, controlled environment. But if I saw him at a bar, I'd be like, no, thanks. And that's how it's been with, like, the past several bachelors where, Mm -hmm. like, it's, like, I wouldn't even sleep with them. Mm -hmm. It's just not realistic that these people are fighting over this man to me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he's like generic enough where it's like, maybe like, if you like squint, he's like kind of hot. I just don't think he's hot. And I can't imagine that every single one of these like gorgeous, they're stunning and they always are. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I just, I I can't suspend reality enough to accept the fact that people are actually like super into this guy. And that's how it's been for several years. I'm like, they need to just pick better leads. Ask me. Because <laughs> I feel like I... I have a good barometer of like what is hot when it comes to men. And I can prove that by saying that I have been in love with Joe Burrow. And yes, I'm a Bengals fan, but finally everyone else is realizing that Joe Burrow is hot. And it's like, I've been saying he's hot (laughs) since early 2020 and no one cared. No one paid attention to him. And now all of a sudden everyone on TikTok. So yeah. I have to look this man up. He said, Joe, what? Joe Burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W. He's the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm from Cincinnati. Yes. So that's my team. I'm biased. But TikTok has been blowing up with like fan cam edits of him and like just random like they'll be like Harry Styles accounts that formerly were just Harry Styles accounts. And now they're like Joe Burrow and Harry Styles. Like he has like that that sex appeal to that's like that's what I'm just, saying you have to have sex appeal too it's not just having a chiseled jaw and right. a full head yes. of hair you have to have yes. this like like this like oh you have to like ooze it that's why as much as I hate to admit it like a Tyler Cameron season yeah. would be yeah. insane television yeah no I know I know I don't I, I don't want it but I get it yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. Uh, yeah. And there was a there was a man on Michelle season named Rodney that just like oozes sweetness and sex, and he would have been the best choice. 
I didn't get that from Rodney. Yeah, I love. Um, yeah, it's each their own. Yeah, it's it's. I just Zach is not it though, and I don't dislike the man. I will say so. This episode I was watching though, and I did I did finally see the attraction a little bit. Like he had his one on one date with Christina, and he was um, really being kind of I think himself for like the first time I've really seen. And I saw it. I saw it. I saw him like listening yeah. and being active and engaged and like not putting on like a weird face that he kind of does where he, like puts his lips together and is like, mm. you know, he just like was natural. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would fuck this man. I definitely see like, I, I know what you mean, where there were like glimpses of it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, maybe he's hot, but like it shouldn't, it shouldn't take me that long to decide if you're hot. You know, so yeah. <laughs> okay, I love that. Rodney, Rodney, for instance, I feel like is someone that like even on Bachelor in Paradise, he kept getting kind of like friend zoned a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was like, everyone keeps talking about how amazing Rodney is, but no one wants to like date him. Like, I feel like he would just end up in the friend zone if he were the lead. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel with like a lot of these leads, where it's just like Peter was a perfect example of that. Peter was a perfect example of that. Yeah. Oh, for a second, when you first said Peter, I know you're talking about Pilot Pete. Yeah. Remember Peter Krause? Right. Yeah. See, yeah. He was something that girls would like go feral over. And Absolutely. same Tyler Cameron. Yeah. Where it's like they're just genuinely, and it's hard to find guys like that, especially ones that are like signing up for The Bachelor. <laughs> Remember when The Bachelor like was actually like the lead would be someone that was actually like a very eligible, like, catch yeah and now it's like just these like influencer dudes right and i'm not i I, capitalism is a fucking like bitch but i'm like you know whatever you don't have to have a big career for me to like you but at the same time i'm like what is executive sales guy a tech exec i like i don't like i don't and i and i won't and you're not like (laughs) man and clayton had the same job title i don't know what bad james did he volunteered which was amazing but like they'll be like I'm an executive sales assistant. And I'm just like, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I will say there's something very hot about like Jason, for instance. Like he he was a finance guy. And yeah. to this day, even though he's leaned into like the influencer lifestyle, he still like has that niche mm-hmm. where he's very smart about money and finances and business. Mm-hmm. Like that's attractive to me. And not in yeah. like a yeah, oh my God, you need to like you know, provide for me and buy my Equinox gym membership. Yeah. Have some sort of interest or niche. It's like, it's like Victoria with Johnny. That's and now funny. she's dating Greg. What does he do? What does he fucking do? What does he do? He doesn't work. <laughs> he doesn't work. Like, <sighs> and also what do you, okay. Victoria does influence her. Yeah. Her. Yeah, I guess that's a real job. I'm not gonna talk. No, I know it, it is. It is. And, yeah, and again, like you don't have to make tons of money to like have me fall in love with you. But it, it, as far as like the realm of the show and the fantasy of the show, you know, like we need to have this like element to it. Yeah, Ugh. like the that you actually like have a real job yeah, or like yeah, do, yeah. do something really cool. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So it's only okay for like Victoria to be a full time influencer, but like not Johnny or Greg. I mean, with Greg, I guess yeah, she's accepting of of that career choice <laughs> but not johnny remember johnny was like <laughs> he was like yeah like real estate like that when she was like wait so like what are your career as- aspirations yeah. everyone's <laughs> doing real estate god damn it every single one yeah. of them 
Every single one yeah. of them. And then people found his real estate profile and he had like seven misspelled words. <laughs> Good times. Oh God. Uh, so this episode was pretty basic. Uh, week two episode, there was two group dates. There was one single day. They do a group date with Lotto. She comes on, musician, very popular, very wonderful. Um, I did want to mention a shout out to the podcast, The Black Roses. Uh, they made a great post today, which was like, we love this, uh, that Lotto got on the screen was amazing. This is great. But like, who is this for when the show actively tries to um, ostracize its Black viewers mm-hmm. and make the show not um, a safe space for Black viewers? But then they are like, look, you know, it's like, it's it's contradictory to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to shout out the Black Roses for talking about that. Um, they try to find bad bitch energy in these women. None of them have it. Um, <laughs> they bring on Tajwan, Courtney Robinson from um, whatever his name was. God, Ben. Ben. Yeah, it's Ben Flajanic. Yeah. And then, of course, our, uh, I guess, true baddie in the sense that I don't like her, Victoria F. Um, and yeah, they do that. Then he has a one-on-one date with Christina. She gets to meet his family early in true Maddie Pruitt uh, curse. This is not going to go well for either of them meeting the family this early. Not good. Um, mm-hmm. We find out that Zach likes Nickelback. So just make sure if you're keeping track at home for fun facts about Nick or sorry about Zach that we don't know. He likes Nickelback. <laughs> um and then I was trying to rack my mind with the second day date portion, a group date rather. They had a second group date and I was like, I literally stared off in the distance for two minutes straight. And I said, what did they do on the day portion of that group what date? What did they do? I'll tell you what, you go on Google it. They cut it from the episode. We didn't get to see it. Because I was just going to say, I remember it just kind of being like the cocktail hour. Exactly. So the cocktail hour, ugh, whatever. So the stupid show is so dumb and they're uh-huh. editing badly. And then... One other thing they have, a, then they have a cocktail party for the rose ceremony, and the drama that comes from that is regarding Brianna and Christina. We'll get into it, but uh, yes, yeah, the rundown of the episode. Uh, any moments that really like you want to talk about from that or something else? The meeting the family thing is like so freaking weird. Like I will just never think that's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna pretend it's normal. <laughs> I can't. I can't go along with it. So, so that was, was, you know, took me out of it. Um, what else did I write down? Um, I wrote, I just don't believe they're actually into him. (laughs) I wrote that down. Um, also like something that I think is so like, just, it only exists. There's some like sayings that only exist in the bachelor universe. Like, Mm -hmm. I could really see myself falling in love with you. Mm-hmm. So like that, but also like the the asking for consent to kiss, which I feel like is like, yes, consent. We love it. Mm-hmm. But it's also like no one does that. And it always like just weirds me out when they like ask consent to kiss. I'm like, oh, like I just like get such an ick. Like I don't like watching people make out. Same. I've never been an ASMR person or a mukbang person. Like I hate mouth sounds. I like get physically, like I physically recoil. Um, so hate that. Tejwan trying to like, like she was really weird when she was like trying to get in on the show, basically asking Zach if she could join the cast because she, you know, saw potential there. 
And then the girls obviously like weren't happy about that and confronted her. And she was like, so rude. I was like, okay, this is like feeling way too scripted and like yeah. produced. Yeah. I think I, I like Tajwan and as in general, and I wish she was on our screen more, but I do feel like the whole thing was so produced. Like, I don't think she wanted to be on. That I think they literally, her. Yeah. yeah. What we saw of her on bachelor in paradise. I was like, this is like a different person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those were like the main parts that stood out to me. I think it was not necessary to bring out Tajwan and Courtney and Victoria. Mm -hmm. Like didn't understand why they even had to be a thing. Um, yeah. Can but we yeah. just give Lotto like the entirety of her screen time and like what she deserves? Right. Like I don't, I'm confused. Um, right. ask for that. Yeah, exactly. And then, yes, I feel like it was very forced on that. And I, and Zach says no to bringing Tajwan onto the show. All the women are relieved. Um, then, so this like theme um, with Brianna is that she got America's first impression rose, which is a sentence I've never said before because it doesn't exist. Uh, the show created that out of like cold cloth and it has really ruined her experience uh, and I hate it for her. And mm -hmm. but then there's just kind of that feeds into this other storyline where she brings up she's just been having a hard time, you know, and she on the first night she felt like she wasn't being welcomed with open arms. And I believe her like the show has historically been not a great space for black women. Um, a lot of black women have had, I think, good experiences as well. And they've made great friendships and you know bond with everybody and i think brianna is and does and hopefully she does bond with people and she has a great time and she feels safe but like yeah i believe that she probably felt put off by some of the women's energy a night one but she talks about christina and specifically and how she felt put off by that they aired the clip and it was just i i i don't know what to really say some people saying it just looks very much like uh brianna is maybe taking something out of like context and being uh, trying to make something out of that her but, but I, at the same time i'm like i also believe brianna that she felt bad energy from christina mm -hmm. and that in general there was probably more to the conversation you know she's clearly very insecure and also for what it's worth did you read spoilers okay not I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything or say anything. I will say not, not spoiling. I don't think that she is overreacting or being a villain in the scenario. Um, the preview shows that Christina potentially is, is not great. And so like, I, yeah. So I, I kind of wish people would just like read into that context clue. And I feel like, yeah. And yeah. And Brianna's insecure because the show manufactured this insecurity by giving her a rose that's not from the lead and it's just yeah i think that that's very valid for her to be insecure and i think that yeah i didn't i didn't enjoy that so that kind of happened but i guess what's notable is that zach didn't give in to the drama and people found that interesting because that's kind of never yeah. happened and I, yeah mm -hmm. i did find that fascinating that he didn't get into that but at the same time i was like wow if i was brianna i would be like I, will, I don't know. I'd be like, wow, you don't seem to really care about like my experience. And I, I would right. appreciate that. So I agree that I, I mean, felt Brianna. like I, I see that people are applauding him for not, you know, getting into the drama. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, it almost seemed like kind of dismissive. Yeah. Yeah. So preview, we can tell that, you know, Christina clearly is getting the villain at it in next week's episode. So mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess uh, what is what is your rose and your thorn from this week's episode? Did you find a moment that you enjoyed? Uh, hardly. I know. <laughs> I guess Lotto showing up. That was really fun. That That is literally, I put like favorite part, least favorite part. Mm-hmm. And I just had one favorite part, which was Lotto showing up. Yeah. Um, I thought that was fun. I would say my thorn is, again, the date that like involves meeting the family is mm-hmm. like just weird to me. Like it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um. And also just, yeah, like the kissing noises and the tongue. It's, I'm never going to get used to it. I just, no, don't yeah. like it. Don't like it. Quite a few of them so far. So. Yes, exactly. Zach has been kissing. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Wait, what nice. about you? What were yours? Yeah. So my rose, because again, it was really hard to find one in this episode, um, was the moment during the bad bitch energy date where they had to go up and talk about um, like a moment in which they were bad bitches. And Kylie comes out first and gets the full segment part where she talks about as a kid being, I think, in some kind of competition and she is biracial and she has natural hair curliness and how her mother who was a white woman tried to help her and and make her feel confident in her hair and that they both together allowed like they they leaned in and let Kylie like fully express her natural hair in this competition setting and she won when that was something that is not done before and she says in quotes only straight hair wins and I was like damn that sounds like the bachelor because they rarely do they platform uh women with natural hair who go far um and not that it hasn't happened but it's rare and yeah I think that was just a really shining moment for me and I it's so rare that we get a moment where the show itself doesn't cut that out so <laughs> like yeah. to see that <laughs> yeah it is interesting that they decided to leave that in because yeah. like you said it's like wait this like applies to your show, show also. yeah yeah so like okay and then my thorn was the 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 general brianna storyline in the sense that i feel really bad for her i didn't enjoy yeah. watching both her insecurity spiral because of the producer made scenario and then the just kind of dismissive you know thing that happened with christina and i didn't enjoy that so that's my thorn for the week i can totally understand why that would be like so terrifying yeah like entering the house as a contestant like if you don't click with someone right away like you probably just feel like super alone um yeah it sounds terrifying (laughs) and she's like trying to kind of like get somebody to care about it and currently yeah happening and i don't like that so that wasn't very fun to watch for me so this week eliminated was cat she is a silly faced blonde woman who makes a lot of big uh expressions on her face she's the one that very much was always like oh anyway we didn't know her but she got eliminated um, oh, no, I was like, I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> Victoria J, who is a divorcee, who has a big Instagram following and TikTok following. I wanted to see more of her. She's hot. Um, I felt like she was going to be messy. They sent her home. 
And then they sent home another woman named Kimberly, who I don't know anything about, unfortunately, because they didn't give her any screen time. She was stunning. She's probably uh, one of the like few women that would actually hit on in the house. They're all stunning, as you mentioned. But, you uh, know, there's just like, sir, I probably wouldn't go for some of the more made up women. Um, and Kimberly was really pretty. So those three women went home this week. And as mentioned in the previews, we see that. Christina starts to get a villain edit and um, things start to fall apart at the seams. And you got to love it. Got to love it. This is what it's all about, baby. (laughs) This is what it's all about. I know I'm like trying to picture any of the women that got eliminated and I can't even remember at this point so it's early it's early this we'll just say thank god for the chirons that tell us their names or I would also have trouble doing that well Sophie thank you so much for being here and doing this with me it's been a pleasure I'm glad we got to just get it out of our fucking system I'm glad that you learned about Gaylor I'm gonna send you a lot of things yes please do please do thank you for having me thank you for stealing me for a sec can I steal you for a sec (laughs) will you up this rose i just thought of that i was like that's funny you're very fun yeah. uh yeah where can people find you online and get all your fun takes and bullshit yeah so you'll find a lot of my fun takes and bullshit on my twitter i'm at soap ross with four s's at the end um my instagram is soap underscore ross i have a substack called sophie's substack and it's sophieross.substack.com where I write about, I've written about Bachelor stuff before. Like you said, that's how you discovered me. I wrote about Nick Vile. I've written about Greg Grippo. Mm -hmm. I also have a podcast that's between seasons right now, but when we come back for season three, you can be the first to know if you subscribe. So that's so true with Sophie Ross. And then I'm on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey every other Monday. Yes. That's it. Check it out. Check Sophie out. Please subscribe to all those various places. I definitely recommend the blog. You just posted again today and I'm excited to read it. So yeah, with that, thank you all so much for being here. Make sure you rate and review if you haven't had a a moment to do so, which I don't blame you. There's a lot going on and (laughs) I'm just so tired. So I get it. But if you have a moment, please do it. Love you very much. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Descartes Pod. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Descartes Pod and follow your hosts at Jenna with a smile and at Drunk Feminist. Descartes Pod is produced by Andrew Olson. You can follow him on Instagram at Androne. Our music is by Jet Overly. Follow and support him on Instagram at Jetty Boy James. And our logo design is by Michaela Jane. You can find her work at MichaelaJane.com and on Instagram at Michaela Jane. Drop a review on iTunes if you're nasty like that. Bye. Bye! Oh, hello. It's me, the ghost who haunts your phone. Just kidding, it's actually me, Avalon, the host of Boohaha, which is a thing that I do. A podcast, if you will, that happens some weeks, not all. Don't wait up, it's fine, we'll call you. Shut up. Anyway, it's about ghosts and tangents. Mostly tangents, if I'm being entirely honest. So join me each and every week-ish as I gather the funniest people I know to a campfire that I build in my living room and then regale them with spooky tales of boogans and googas. Oh, also, it's a comedy podcast, if that wasn't clear from the vibe, you know. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This is As Above, So Below.